Yeah, the, the, the thought was uh, simple. We have a lot of writers at The Atlantic who spent many years covering different aspects of uh, Trump and Trumpism. And I wanted just to pull them all together in one uh, easy to read package. Uh, one one copy of the print magazine. Obviously, it's online right now at TheAtlantic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I wanted uh, our writers to describe as best as they could what would happen in their areas of expertise should Trump become president again. And the theory, of course, is that the next Trump presidency will be worse. The, 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 the restraints will be off. There won't be any, quote unquote, adults in the room anymore. Um, McKay Coppins has a piece about who would take jobs and who would get new jobs in the next Trump administration, as one example. Um, I have, you know, a multitude of pieces. David Frum on talking, you know, who's been very, very early on uh, writing about the threat of autocracy, writing about what this what this uh, would look like Tom Nichols many of the many of the Atlantic stars of the Morning Joe cinematic universe are, are in this issue uh, Tom has written about um, what would happen to the military should Trump become president again Caitlin Dickerson yeah. on immigration and and on and on and on I, what I what I wanted was a, a package you know a, a, an easy to understand package like look this is what is going to happen and it's not just pure speculation it's it's as you point out all you have to do is listen to Donald Trump and the people and the loyalists around Donald Trump. He's telling you what's going to happen. He's going to use the power of the Justice Department to persecute, not prosecute, but persecute his enemies. Um, we, we know what's going to happen to the civil service. We know what's going to happen on immigration. We know that, that the, the, the generals that we count on to be apolitical when they run the military, we know that they're in danger and that they're going to be replaced by, um, I think the technical term would be nut jobs. Um, this is all, this is all apparent. And so I wanted to put it one place early and, and with any luck, you know, at Christmas, maybe people could read it and, uh, bring it to their yeah. relatives who are on the fence and say, look, here's yeah. what's going to happen. Do you want this or do you not want this? That's very simple. And again, let me just, yeah. let me just say, cause this is really important. This is not partisan. Right. This is not about Republican right. ideas, conservative ideas versus liberal ideas or Democratic ideas. Um, th- this is about uh, this is about standing up for democracy. This is not about Republican ideology. This is about Trump's predisposition toward autocracy. Highly confident that when you go back and is uh, a senior member of this uh, uh, administration, President Trump's administration, starting in the afternoon of the 20th of January of 2025. Uh, do you feel conf- uh, confident that you will be able to deliver the goods, that we can have serious prosecutions and accountability. And I want the Morning Joe producers that watch us and all the producers that watch us, this is just not rhetoric. We're absolutely dead serious. We're not, you, you cannot have a constitutional republic and allow what these uh, deep staters have done to the country. The deep state, the administrative state, the fourth branch of government never mentioned in the Constitution is going to be taken apart brick by brick. And the people that did these evil deeds will be held accountable and prosecuted, criminal prosecutions. Uh, Cash, I, I know you're probably going to be head of the CIA, but do you believe that you can deliver the goods on this in a pretty short, in a pretty short order of the first couple of months so we can get rolling on prosecutions? Yes, we got the bench for it, Bannon, and you know those guys. I'm not going to go out there and say their names right now so the radical left-wing media can terrorize them. But, excuse me, the one thing we learned in the Trump administration the first go-round is we got to put in all-America patriots top to bottom. And we got them for law enforcement. We got them for intel collection. We got them for offensive operations. We got them for DOD, CIA, everywhere. And the one thing we will do that they never will do is we will follow the facts and the law and go to courts of law and correct these justices and lawyers who have been prosecuting these cases based on politics and actually issuing them as lawfare. We will go out and find the conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens, who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. We're going to come after you, whether it's criminally or civilly, we'll figure that out. But yeah, we're putting you all on notice. And Steve, this is why they hate us. This is why we're tyrannical. This is why we're dictators. Corruption unbound. So yesterday, Frank, we were talking about some of the foreign policy stuff with David Frum, about a potential withdrawal from NATO and the implications of that. What are you writing about this morning? Which corruption specifically? 
Right. If you go back and you look at the first Trump term, there was a great deal of corruption. You had uh, cabinet secretaries uh, traveling on private jets. You had uh, paid for by people who who's, uh, they were administering. You had all sorts of people who wanted to change policy, paying the Trump resorts and hotels enormous sums of money with the hopes that that, too, would change policy. We also saw the way in the first Trump term that Trump tried to use the regulatory state to punish enemies. Well, that was all just a dry run. Everybody figured out the way that the system works. So if the first Trump term was what Paul Krugman described as malevolence tempered by incompetence, the second Trump term would be tempered by all of the experience that was gleaned. There is know-how now. And there's a term that the uh, Hungarians have to describe what emerged there under Viktor Orban, which was that a mafia state emerged. So if the Trump officials come in, clear out the deep state, install their cronies in power, those cronies have no uh, allegiance to higher norms or higher values. They will all be susceptible to corruption. And the, the way the system works is, is that you start to have this corruption that emerges at the center and is protected by all of these foot soldiers who were also profiting along the way. I want to be very, very clear on this. To be clear, do you in any way have any plans whatsoever, if reelected president, to abuse power? To break the law, to use the government to go after people? You mean like they're using right now? So, in the history of our country, what's happened to us, again, has never happened before. Over nonsense, over nothing, made up charges. I often say Al Capone, he was one of the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. He was a mob boss, the likes of which Scarface, they call him. And he got indicted once. I got indicted four times. I want to go back to, to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, one. He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not no, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm it. gonna be I'm gonna be, you know, he keeps we love this guy. He says, You're not gonna be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. It's kind of like that. Believe him. We talked about this. We talked about this. Remember the answer we talked about, and Donald Trump doesn't do it. He had previous interview members said, you didn't take all those documents back to your beach club. I did, and I had the right to do it. And Hannity kind of <laughs> droops his head. But the point is, again, he's saying now just explicitly, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff on day one, and if anybody believes it's going to end in day one, I've got a bridge to sell you across the river here. So this yeah. is what we're hearing from Donald Trump more and more, and it's the reason we're hearing more and more from Joe Biden about the dangers of a potential second term. Well, I mean, Willie, think about it. If any other politician in American history were asked the question, are you going to be a dictator? <laughs> no. Donald Trump never answered it. Mm -hmm. He never answered yeah. it. And the, when he said, and I just want, there, there's a sickness. There is a sickness among, unfortunately, some of our fellow Americans regarding authoritarianism and totalitarianism. They want it because, Willie, when he promised that he would be a dictator on day one, he got applause. Well, and that's even on before, Fox News. And there's he a lot of people watching who even are before right on board. He talked, even before he talked about the border, which a majority of Americans would support closing the border today, probably an overwhelming majority, are drilling. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room.
Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. It's Wednesday, 6 December in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, you're in the war room. I want to go first uh, to, to, to Boris, uh, joins us by phone. Uh, Boris, uh, the Atlantic Magazine, I've got Darren Beatty's going to follow you. We're going to drill down even deeper in this, but it's all now their effort to stop Trump. They can't beat him on policy. They can't beat him on his term in office because it overwhelms Biden's disaster. It's that he's a dictator. He's a fascist. Everybody around him is a fascist. This is the new playbook. Uh, President Trump fired back in Iowa in a magnificent speech. Uh, your assessment, sir. Honored to be with you, honored with the posse. My assessment is that this shows the desperation from the Democrats, from the rhinos. President Trump is absolutely dominant. I mean, polling came out yesterday. He's at 75 to 1819 against both the Florida governor and the former South Carolina governor. It's an absolute dominance. And then in the general, he's up 10 points on the left on of Joe Biden. So when the Democrats see this, when there's an article in the New York Times, this morning with a headline to the effect of all bad news for Democrats, all worries for Biden. Of course, they're going to get desperate and they'll go to their old playbook. Oh, it's authoritarianism. It's the dictatorship. What are you talking about? President Trump had the most successful term in American history. He won by a significant historic margin in 16. And I hate to break it to everybody, but I'll say it again. Won by more in 2020 in the election that was rigged and stolen, and that's why the American people want him back. And it's not about authoritarianism, dictatorship. It's about a clear contrast. Look where we were just three years ago. And, you know, actually, Doug McKinnon, no friend of ours, put a piece out in the, um, uh, in the Messenger about three, four days ago. It said, Biden is failing on the key question. Were you worse or better off three years ago? There's no doubt Americans were better off. We had a real southern border. We had complete energy dominance. We had an economy that was soaring, inflation that was way down, and we didn't have a war in Eastern Europe and a disaster, complete disaster in the Middle East, a war there that is only continuing to unravel and an absolute lack of leadership from, again, whatever's left of Joe Biden, whoever's running things over there at the White House. Notice, nobody, nobody's saying anymore that, oh, well, Biden's doing this. House Democrats are ditching the Bidenomics term and the messaging because they know it's an total and utter failure. So what are they desperately going back to? This nonsense regarding President Trump. But what is President Trump going to do? Yes, he's going to close our border. Yes, he's going to stop the drugs flowing in. Yes, he's going to save our American energy and independence. And yes, he's going to put an end to the wars and the ridiculous spending on those wars all over the world. And that's why he's absolutely crushing both the general and the primary. Boris, you've been with us from the beginning in uh, November 4th, I think, of uh, 2020. You were out in Arizona. You were flown, flown out there to sort this thing out. Uh, elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Has uh, Biden's uh, illegitimate Biden regime proven that uh, saying out? we got about a minute. I'd like to have your thoughts. No doubt about it, Steve. We've been saying that from day one. That's been the mantra of the show, along with signal, not noise. And if you look at the results of the stolen election, how far America and vitally Americans have been set back on everything, again, from energy to safety of our cities to our long-term survival, it has been a disaster. This, this administration, this term, is the worst in American history. Just remember the honored dead in Afghanistan. Remember the Americans killed, annihilated, massacred in Israel. Look at what's happening in Ukraine. And look at our homeless Living, living on the streets of New York, D.C., San Francisco. This is all thanks to crooked, pathetic, terrible Joe Biden. And that's why we need President Trump back in office to save our country. And yes, I'll say it, to save the world. Elections of consequences, the stolen election has had catastrophic consequences. We've got to fix it by bringing back President Donald J. Trump. Boris, uh, uh, quickly, what, what's your, uh, what are all your touch points? People need to follow you more than ever. Steve, thanks so much. Sign up right now, BorisCP.com. Sign up at BorisCP.com. Hot on the website. Hot on Getter at BorisCP. Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on True Social at Boris. The hottest on the gram. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless and all offense. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break here. Darren Beatty is going to give us a very nuanced uh, 
analysis and observations on this and J6. All of it next in the War Room. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon. To 989898, receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Very, very clear on this. To be clear, do you in any way have any plans whatsoever, if reelected president, to abuse power, to break the law? To use the government to go after people? You mean like they're using right now. So in the history of our country, what's happened to us? Okay. Um, and Sean Handy goes back and asks the question the second time. Hey, Sean, you know, at least get a producer and get in your ear. That's called a heckle. You asked an absurd, this epitomizes the Murdoch's. Let me just give you the history of this thing. Roger Ailes was a genius, okay? It was genius, but he was also deep into the establishment Republicans. I love Roger Ailes, and he and I disagreed fundamentally on many things. But I always admired him, and I admired him as a just an incredible understanding of, uh, of media and information warfare. Murdoch's a moron. Murdoch's, Murdoch so missed what happened in 15 and 16. He was ordering Ailes to do this stuff. He came to the White House. He's not a bright guy. He's not a bright guy. He's kind of a nepo because his, his, his father, had they had money. The sons are the biggest mortars in the world. Untethered with, with Ailes gone, this is truly Steve, a TV for stupid people. Sean Haney actually thought he was helping Trump last night. Let me ask you a question. Will you be a dictator? Trump gives a full heckle. And here's what I love. The audience gets it. They're laughing. By the way, Sean, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at this stupid, ridiculous question. Of course, Trump's not a dictator. It's absurd on the face of even to consider, even to ask that question that Morning Joe and those guys can cut the clips on shows you're an idiot. And we don't have time for idiots, bro. This is a, this is a war. Okay, this is a war. We don't have time for a sunshine patriots in this nonsense. And don't carry the water for the Murdochs and don't carry the water for the left. And if you don't say, well, I'm the biggest little Trump thing, you're carrying the water. Whoever, it is disgusting that you ask that question. Let me be blunt. It's disgusting you ask that question. But then when Trump heckles you, that's a heckle, bro. And when the audience has a belly laugh and they're laughing at you, you come back and ask it again. How dumb are you? It's, this is absurd. This is, this is real life. We're playing for keeps here, dude. We don't care about your $25 million contract. We're playing for keeps. This is war. And you're just not good enough. And you're just not smart enough. And I've been adamantly opposed since Murdoch is all they're doing is pushing Nikki Haley. They push Yunkin. They push DeSantis. It is the neoliberal neocon with Karl Rove and that whole crowd. And no, dude, but flipping a little bit and Laurie and flipping a little bit. No, it's not good enough. We saw where you guys were. We saw where you guys were. We saw who got in the trenches, who helped the president turn this thing around. It's absurd. You're carrying the water for our enemies. Don't you get that? And don't you get it when, when the guy heckles you? 
and, and the audience laughs in your face, maybe that's the time to write down that number two pencil. Maybe I shouldn't go again and ask it again. He gave you a freaking answer. And the audience backed him up in the answer. Full stop, that's all you need. Move on to the next thing. Obscene. An obscenity. Darren Beatty, and we're playing for keeps. I want to bring in a smart guy, Darren Beatty and Revolver. You cut to the chase with this thing on Kagan, because that was the most dangerous. But I want you to address our cold open with the Atlantic and Morning Joe and what they're trying to do, Boris. They can't win on policies. They never want to ask the question, are you better off today? <laughs> no, nobody's going to. Everybody's going to say it's terrible. It's awful. It's horrible. They can't win on policies, and they can't win on execution. Look at Trump's. Look at the lived experience of the country under Trump. The economy, peace and prosperity. So it's just not policies. It's a guy that can make it happen. They said, well, everybody, you know, all the donors, oh, well, you know, we like Trump's policy. We don't like Trump. Dude, you got to execute the policies. You think this just happens? Oh, we're going to announce something that just happens? It doesn't even happen in the government. What do you think internationally? You need a strong, tough individual. Beatty, walk me through this. And I don't want to get to the Kagan piece because Darren Beatty is right and his piece is magnificent. He's the only one that called them out to their face. They're trying to set up Trump for an assassination. Let me repeat that. They're trying to set up Donald Trump for an assassination. They are trying to take out Donald J. Trump personally. Uh, Darren Beatty, walk me through your case. Well, there's a lot going on there. It's great to be back. But yes, the opening of your show with The Atlantic and Jeffrey Goldberg, all of these people are sort of notorious um, disasters on the foreign policy front and really any front you can imagine. Just failed talking heads, the same types who are telling us over and over that Trump didn't have a chance in 2015 and are now pretending like he's going to be some dictator that, well, by implication, we have to get rid of. Now, how do you get rid of him? Well, the system has tried deplatforming him from his chosen vehicles of communication. They've tried deplatforming him from Twitter. They've tried taking him off the internet and his supporters off the internet. That didn't work. So now they've tried burying him in legal trouble, both on the civil side and on the criminal side. And judging from the polls, not only has that not worked, but it's backfired dramatically. So if you can't deplatform somebody from social media, but hold, but hold, but hold, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, no, hang on, hang on. How do you get rid of them? There's only one. There's only a one remaining vehicle to get rid of him, and that is the ultimate form of deplatforming, and that is the suggestion implicit in this Washington Post piece from Robert Kagan. Another chief neocon hack, failure, disaster, saying, well, what happened to Caesar? They get a twofer. They get to imply that he's a dictator and they get to imply, well, the means appropriate to eliminating dictators, what was done to Caesar, would by implication be appropriate to get rid of Trump. And that happens to be the only remaining vehicle left that they haven't tried. I want to go through this. Okay, so the deplatforming on social media means you're othered, you're out, you're a non-person in today's world, number one. Number two, it's just not the lawsuits for the, in, in New York to, to bankrupt him and the ones, the criminal charges. You, I, I wanna, your belief is they want him in prison and they want him to die in prison. Am I incorrect in that, that that is their goal in that aspect, in that line of work? Their goal is to bankrupt him into poverty and to put him in prison and have him die in prison, sir? Well, I mean, I think some might have that goal, but the overarching thrust of what they're doing is to destroy him personally, destroy him politically, destroy the energies associated with his victory and movement in 2016, and completely salt the earth afterward. That is their goal. Everything that they're doing falls within the scope of that overarching goal, from the deplatforming in social media to the legal attacks, both civil and criminal, to whatever escalatory step might come next, given the failure of the previous two approaches. I want to go to Kagan now. Uh, this piece, because this piece, Kagan is a brilliant 
individual. Maybe doesn't have wisdom and discernment, but is very, very smart. He's the high priest. He's one of the high priest cast of the neoliberal neocons. And his wife, Victoria Nuland, is one of the high priestesses, right? And she's the she's one of the brains behind color revolutions, which they've done in this country. Walk me through his piece specifically and how that leads you to the conclusion that they're trying to lay the groundwork, the intellectual and moral groundwork that this is the new Caesar. This is Caesarism and that uh, and that uh, Brutus and these patriots are, are fully justified in doing what they had to do to remove to save the republic, to do what they had to do to Caesar. Well, you know, the whole context of the conversation is both alarming and ridiculous for a number of reasons. First of all, I might have to push back a little bit on your assessment of Kagan's intelligence. I'd like to repurpose a word that you use. I like, I like to repurpose a word that you use very effectively and accurately um, just a bit ago, which is he's a Nepo. Well, there's, if, if Murdoch is a Nepo, I'm talking about Rupert. If Murdoch is a Nepo in your the way of thinking, then God knows what Robert Kagan is. You know, Robert Kagan's father was a very eminent classicist at Yale, who's actually quite good and did yes. a lot of good work. His his son, um, it's hard to imagine that Robert Kagan would have been anywhere had it not been for his father. And that's analogous to the situation that Bill Crystal found himself in, also somebody with an eminent and far superior father, both intellectually and, um, I would say, in terms of his political orientation. So Robert Kagan is very much of a Nepo. And of course, he's married to Victoria Newland, the color revolution dominatrix within the deep state who's been, you know, enacting <laughs> regime change policies. And, you know, I, I don't want to take this analogy too far, but you can only imagine the romantic pairing between Robert Kagan and Victoria Newland. They're saying, okay, honey, do I get to be NATO tonight and you can be Serbia? Um, but it's, 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 it's really a pairing that comes straight from the bowels of hell. And, you know, I hope there's going to be accountability someday because Newland never stops. You know, we've covered her most recently um, <clears throat> covering her very likely involvement in the ouster and imprisonment and regime change operation in Pakistan, getting rid of the Trump-aligned Imran Khan. And so these are people who really embody, you know, deep state is now such a prominent and ubiquitous feature of our political conversation. It used to be a lesser known phrase and even a lesser known concept, but really Kagan and his wife embody in their own family dynamic and relationship what it means to be a deep state because Kagan was technically a Republican, at least for a while. He was John McCain's yeah. top foreign policy <laughs> advisor. Newland was on the other side. Darren, so, but they're literally yeah, married. Darren, just, hang, how just, the just, hang, just hang on one second. We'll be together. right back. Short break. Short break. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's done to debt com done with debt.com go there today action 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 stop the worrying take action war room here's your host stephen k Bann. uh brat's going to be in studio going to join in a moment uh he's going to co-host with me the rest of the way there we're going to talk a lot about um 
Uh, we got a lot of capital markets to talk about. Uh, Bob Good was on here last night and broke the news that the trailing 12-month deficit, which if you're in investment banking and you're helping companies finance or refinance or recapitalize, one of the things you do, they all have projections. They have this happy talk. And, you know, the th- I keep telling people the third year of everybody's life when the when the uh, you know the chart goes straight up is, is fantastic. That's when everything on the company's hitting. It's all great. But as the asset test, you always look at the trailing 12. Okay, here what you're going to do. It's going to be fantastic. Let's see what you've done over the last year, the trailing 12, not, not a calendar year, the trailing 12 months. The deficit in the tra- trailing 12 is, wait for it, $2.5 trillion. We're going to add a trillion dollars to the face amount of debt. We passed 33 on 18 September. We're going to pass 34 on 18 December. Uh, we are now running a $200 billion deficit a month. These are all numbers that we put up here on the board before, but uh, Congressman Good, I want to give a hat tip to him, has drilled in because it's not sustainable. Right now, this fight, and here's the fight. They had the, they had the top secret briefing. So this top secret briefing is supposed to scare everybody to death on Ukraine, right, the big bad Russians. Um, so they had the top secret briefing last night in the Senate, and afterwards Zelensky was going to join them for a Zoom call for the pitch. we got to have it. you got to throw it in there. Because the only way they think they're going to cancel the Christmas thing is they've got to get money for Ukraine, for the money laundering operation. They almost had a fist fight. They're, they, you know, Cotton, these guys, they're screaming at the generals. They lied. They're then saying, if you don't do the border, there's nothing to talk about. The thing breaks up in a fracas, almost a fist fight. The Senate. And they canceled the call with Zelensky. Zelensky's now saying, I cancel the call. They canceled the call with Zelensky. And now you've got the heads of the government over here. They're talking to Johnson. The only way, with all this financial collapse we've got going on, the deficits, nobody wants to address. They've only done seven of the 12. This is the House, seven of the 12 appropriations bills. The only way that they will stick around is because of money for Ukraine. They're talking about that. We may have to go past the 14th. We may have to go up to Christmas because we've got to get the Ukraine money. Hey, here's the amount of money we're going to send to Ukraine. The number is zero. Okay? We've done, been there, done that. What we want is half of our money back because the money you, the oligarchs stole, we want back. And they should get in a room immediately with the Russians. And if Cy Hurst is correct, and who knows, because he's playing, always playing both sides, maybe he plays more for the other side. Uh, who knows? You know, le- le- the, the place looks like Dresden. There's 75 to 100,000 dead Ukrainians, as Mersheimer said. It's time to let rational people get in there and not have any more destruction for the Ukrainians. Uh, given all that, Darren Beatty, uh, I want to connect dots here. I want to go back. This Kagan thing, and this is why the Washington Post puts this up, this Kagan thing is clearly a predicate to say Trump's the new Caesar. This is about Caesarism. They're also tying Trump. They're trying to make Trump Hitler in 1932. That, yes, people are going to elect him to office, but then after you elect him to office, he's going to be a dictator for life. So it's Hitler in 32 and Caesar. And what do good moral people do? And that's where they're trying to make the case. They're They're trying to lay the predicate. For the moral justification for his assassination, just like Brutus and supposedly the good guys had to come to the defense of the Republic uh, to take out Caesar. I- am I incorrect in reading it like that, as you've laid it out? Yes, I think, you know, contextually, that's definitely a suggestion. And, you know, look, these people, they're color revolution architects from the very beginning and before Revolver News um, changed the conversation January 6th, we introduced this notion of color revolution back into the political vernacular, essentially that these same regime change professionals like Victoria Newland, who perceived Trump to be an authoritarian, have repurposed and deployed all of the regime change tools they typically use against you know, Eastern European countries and other places throughout the globe. They've employed all of those tools against Trump. And unfortunately for them, none of these tools has worked yet. And so as you check one after the other, after the other, after the list, um, unfortunately, only the most extreme options uh, remain. And so I think it's reasonable to have that as a concern. I'm not saying that, you know, this will happen or Trump will be assassinated, but I think that these people will go to great lengths to take Trump off of the political chessboard. They want to get rid of him. They want to get rid of the Trump movement. They want to get rid of Trump's supporters, and they want to salt the earth. One of the reasons they want to do this is they know what they've done. That's what I keep saying. Victor, they know they're very aware of what they've done. Benny Thompson, and they know what they have to hide, and they know how the criminal prosecutions against them are going to go. 
Benny Thompson, in broad daylight, we know what's going to happen because Benny Thompson destroyed the tapes of the J6 interviews and sent in a letter to Loudermilk, of which Kevin McCarthy would not, reason Loudermilk's on the news now, Kevin McCarthy would not let him come forth with any of this information. Talk to me about J6. Right now, J6, I think Johnson ought to stay here. As important as even moving on Biden and the, and the crime family for impeachment has to be reconstitute J6 immediately. J6 is the key that picks the lock in this on the color revolution. All of it, not just the crimes that were committed to lead up to it and then the cover up. It's sitting right there. Benny Thompson, if, if why did he destroy the tapes? They're telling you right there they're trying to get rid of they're trying to get rid of the evidence right now. Darren Beatty. Right. Well, look, we've been on Benny Thompson's case for a very, very long time, and I've discussed him extensively on this very show. And long story short, he has been the Democrat hatchet man representative of the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Homeland Security, which was set up to basically prosecute the war on terror, had to be repurposed to prosecute the war against American patriots and American citizens. So the linkage there um, speaks for itself. And as for these specific tapes, of course, um, the regime and people like Thompson will do everything they can to make sure that the public doesn't see these tapes. Because even if it's not a narrative shaping uh, event. You know, we've seen tapes of police officers opening doors, the Capitol officers opening doors and so forth. So these aren't anything new, but to see more and more tape reaffirming the actual truth of January 6th, as opposed to the false narrative shoved down our throats every day for years now, um, is very, very damaging to the regime. Because as you point out, the stakes are very high. They've invested a tremendous amount into this Fedsurrection, this false story of yep. a 9-11 type domestic terror event, because that is the false narrative that they've been counting on in order to justify the final transformation of the security apparatus as a kind of vast, ruthless political weapon to destroy the enemies of not only the okay. Biden regime, but I would say underneath it all, what I would call the globalist American empire, the regime behind uh, everything Wait. that's going on. And it's been a very Wait. dangerous development uh, in many, many years. Think, uh, thank you for staying over. I know you're incredibly busy. Uh, I need everybody, more than ever, you need to go to uh, Revolver. It's a more sophisticated, very sophisticated take on the news from one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Uh, and his team. Uh, Darren, where do people, by the way, if you want to find out more about Victoria Newland, color revolution dominatrix, <laughs> you got to go to Revolver. Google it they, if you dare. They, that should be <laughs> Google the, it if you dare. <laughs> no. um, Dude, I'm going to tell you, I ran, I ran Breitbart. I know about clickbait. Put that in your headline today. You'll get some clicks. Uh, where do people, where, where do people go? Where do people go to get to Revolver, brother? Revolver.news, Revolver.news. We have a very provocative piece at the top about a possible uh, Trump-Tucker ticket that's generating a lot of conversation. So read that. Read our piece on Victoria Newland. our multiple pieces on Victoria Newland. Get caught up. We're at the cutting edge of what's going on every day in the news, the most important things. Revolver.news. I'm on Twitter, at Darren J. Beattie, and our account is white hot as always, on Getter at Revolver News. It's fantastic. Thanks for sticking around, Darren. I realize you're busy today. Thanks Thank for you, doing this. Uh, very important piece on this, Kagan. This is a guy I can break down. By the way, um, the, I did Tucker show the other day. It's fantastic. We got some other announcements about Tucker uh, probably be uh, making by the end of the week. Um, and that piece that Darren's got up is amazing. you got to read it. Uh, let me go. i got bring in Brad. Um, Brad, uh, Give me your assessment of, of, of the Atlantic, of everything you've seen in the cold open, of all this, that Trump is dictator, Trump is Caesar. Even in the, uh, in the Washington Post, I think they, they did the thing of Caesar and Trump, right? They couldn't – I mean, it was, this was not subtle. This was – and Kagan's you know, father's with a great classicist. Kagan, I think, even though he's a nepo, he's, he's a quite brilliant guy. He knows, what, he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to do it. Dave Bratt, your thoughts? Yeah, well, they uh, they're well coordinated. And, and one of the most uh, problematic uh, parts for me is seeing these uh, Tim Alberta books uh, come out uh, hitting uh, 
uh, right before an election, uh, President Trump uh, simultaneously. And so Tim Alberta claims, and he's off with uh, Morning Mika, and he's on with James Carville, uh, the human meat slicer, uh, et cetera. And uh, he says, I'm, I'm an innocent uh, early Christian, early church Christian, and uh, all we should be concerned about is our prayer life, holiness, uh, getting to heaven, uh, sharing the faith. If that's the case, Tim, why are you on TV, national TV? The early church didn't do that. You're, you're saying you want to be this simple, uh, very holy person, and you're sitting next to James Carville, who's using the Lord's name in vain every other sentence, uh, and you only pay attention to evangelicals. You take your full fury out for some reason on evangelical Christians, and you're interested in the theoretical possibilities of dictatorship. Why don't you take your full fury out on the communists and fascists of the last century who still exist, who killed 100 million human beings created in, in the image of God? And so, again, the, the timing is, is just incredible uh, to have a fellow Christian taking aim and hitting Christians, aiming at evangelicals, naming every sin, uh, and doing it in the name uh, of, of an innocent early church. And he paints a nice picture of how innocent and holy the early, the early church was, and it, it was. It is a model to aim at. Uh, but then you shouldn't be sitting on the set of MSNBC uh, with a bunch of guys who gut people for a living and then making money off of books and using Jesus as the archetype uh, for that uh, political type of execution. And so, yeah, they're, they're well-coordinated. Uh, Darren, uh, Darren's piece with the international actors was, was just brilliant. Uh, but, but Tim Alberta, James Carville came out, uh, and, and just to put add a little more context, uh, both of them together in Carville, uh, especially in the cold open, I mean, he's putting down 100 million American people, right? He's putting you down. He's putting down evangelicals. Uh, it's the evangelicals, by the way, who delivered, right? I, the frozen well, chosen, right? I'm amongst <clears throat> the frozen chosen. We delivered he, Harvard, but, Yale, but he, Princeton, but he did, yeah, and, but, and gave them back to society yeah, but he for free. He, yeah, but they, they don't want those guys voting. That's what this is about. This is about yeah, this right. is about oh, forty. But why don't you right. hang over a second? We're actually going. We're actually going to play that so we can get into details of it. We're going to do that in in the next. Yep. Uh, we're going to go to break here. We're getting that set up to play for your commentary. Brad's going to be with us uh, through the end of the show as our as our uh, as our. Co- he was able to drop by today, so it's easier to plug him in as a co-host than to plug him in as a guest. So he's the co-host here for the next hour and a half. Brad, you hang on because we got economics to talk about too. Uh, my tee up earlier about the two point five trade. I'm gonna get into Brad about what Good told us yesterday. Two hundred billion dollars a month in deficit. That means you're gonna add another trillion dollars every five months or more, because now you're in this law of large numbers. That's why you need to go to Birch Gold right now. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. You can get the free end of the dollar empire. You gotta do that. But more importantly now, I think you need to talk to Philip Patrick and the team and just have them walk you through the analysis of the converging factors of what's driving uh, gold right now as a hedge. Remember, gold as a hedge against times of turbulence. It's only been a hedge for 5,000 years. And I think we're in a fourth turning. I think, would you guys agree with that? There's a time of turbulence, like Ecclesiastes to every season. There is a purpose. You know what our purpose is in this season? To save the American Republic. And uh, I think this audience is doing a pretty good job of it. Long odds. Get a Warpath coffee, too. Get your coffee. Get jacked up. Like we are here in the war room. Short break. Dave Brat next. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency. They're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. 
Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Mike Johnson. He's from your home state of Louisiana, the Speaker of the House. I read today he wrote a foreword in a book that describes to conspiracy theories and homophobic insults. I thought, Mike Mike Johnson wrote the foreword to the Bible? Uh, (laughs) Do you think Mike Johnson can hold his party together now that he has taken the mantle? First of all, I don't think he can hold his party together. Second of all, you're exactly right. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. When I, I, I promise you, I know these people. Well, you're talking about Christian nationalism. That's absolutely. About this, is, this is, a, this is a, a bigger threat than Al-Qaeda of, to this country. They, and let me tell you something. They have the Speaker of the House. They got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Right? Don't kid yourself. In, in, People in the press have no idea who this guy is, how he was formed, what the threat is, and this is a fundamental threat to the United States. It is a fundamental, they don't believe in the Constitution. They'll tell you that. Mike Johnson himself says, what is democracy but but two wolves and a lamb having lunch? That's what they really, really, really believe. And to say, oh, come on, man, that's just, no, no. They, They believe that. And they're coming, and they've been doing it forever. They're funded. They're funded. They're yeah. relentless. And, you know, they probably won't win for a while, but they might. No, and if just, they do, you, it's, you blow, the whole country blows a gas. You just have to look at that painting. I think it's a Kincaid painting that a lot of them like, where Jesus is handing the Constitution right. to uh, Thomas sure. Jefferson. I mean, right. if you could look at that and go, hmm, that's the way it probably happened. <laughs> I know it. That that wasn't a photo. That is no. I think you know what you're sort of what you're sort of getting at here is Christian nationalism, right? I read the I haven't read the book yet, but I read the piece that you put out in the Atlantic about it that ended with the pastor who took over for your father, who was trying to fight the takeover of Trump in the in the church. Um, You asked him what's happened to the evangelicals in America, and he said they love America too much. It's like they're is that what we're dealing with here? Is is this what what this what the evangelical or at least for some evangelical that are supporting Trump morphed into Christian nationalism? I think so. And listen, Christian nationalism is, is a loaded term, and it means different things to different people. So I think clarifying in this context what the definition yeah. is is helpful. At the end of the day, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to a citizenship in heaven, uh, and you are called to be a part of the kingdom of God. And we are warned as Christians throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, prayers and epistles, all the way through. It's not ambiguous that your identity is rooted in heaven. Your identity is rooted in following Jesus. Um, unfortunately... I think this love of country, which can be healthy to a point, over-realized among some of these evangelical Christians, has sort of merged two kingdoms into one and has created this, this belief that somehow if America falls, then God himself is defeated. When, again, as Christians, we believe that Jesus triumphed over the grave, so there is no such thing as defeat. But when you begin to think of America as almost this covenant nation that, 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 that God has ordained us, God God has blessed us, and you are fighting for God by fighting for America, that is Christian nationalism, and that is what has infected much of the church today. Boy, that's a recruiting video right there. Um, Dave Brett, your, your thoughts. There's more damage done in the world by pastor's sons uh, than, yeah. uh, than the opposition, and Tim Alberta is a great example of a, of a pastor's son. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, well, my thoughts are always uh, my own, and these aren't intended to inflict pain. Uh, Brother Alberta is so far off track and just wrong on everything he says and wrong in the way he says it. Uh, The Old Testament, uh, all 39 books were all about uh, the Jews getting to heaven. I don't think so. Uh, Not really at all. The Exodus is the greatest event in the Old Testament that's completely uh, political in nature. Uh, Then you go through all the kings. Uh, It it, it is a political uh, book through and through and through, political, uh, but God is the true sovereign. And he missed a little point that we did have a theocracy 
uh, with Hebrew people in the Old Testament. Then with the New Testament, you get the working out of of history in the Judeo-Christian West, and we constructed this thing called 18th century liberalism. James Madison, who went to Princeton Seminary and stuck around and studied Hebrew, wrote our Constitution, uh, separated powers uh, so that everyone could have liberty in this country. That's what came out of uh, the evangelical movement, uh, the Protestant Christians, the Catholic Christians. That's what we produced, a beautiful body of work. And we were so principled. I went to Princeton Seminary. We founded the Protestants. John Harvard from Oxford founded uh, Harvard. Uh, Christians founded every school roughly in the country, Yale, Princeton, all the publics, Michigan. Go read the Soli University by Marston. And then we gave them away. We gave the universities back to secular society on a gentleman's handshake that, hey, you guys, at least study Aristotle, Okay. Let's do, you know, ethics. The Jews and the Muslims and the Christians all agreed on Aristotle at 1300, right? So that was a working model. And now the problem, and here's Alberta's problem. The left now is running $7 trillion budgets. They want to control every aspect of your life. They want to run kindergartens with pronouns. That's the new deal. This is not liberty anymore. We gave away the institutions because we did not want to force or coerce our faith on others. That's the historical track record of the Judeo-Christian mind. The left, uh, the Marxists, have no uh, authenticity, no honesty, and no ethical system which to share at all. They want power, and that's what they're doing. They're grabbing power, and and they're putting down the evangelicals in order to seize power. Hang on. We're going to take a short 90-second break. Uh, a couple of things. Maybe it's time for us to reverse that. If you saw the Harvard president uh, basically lie, I think she perjured herself because it was under oath to Elise Stefanik about you know what free speech was and what she knew about it. She didn't know terms like intifada. Uh, it was just – it was disgusting. You've seen what these uh, – what's happened to these universities. Um, to me, Dave, I think we ought to take them back. Made a deal with the secularists. It didn't work out. Time now to step in and take them back. They can't get any worse. If you want to get empowered, let's go to Turning Point. Meet us at Turning Point, uh, Amfest, 16th and 19th in the greater Phoenix area. We're going to be there. The War Room Posse, you're going to have uh, – War Room will be broadcasting live. Real America's Voice is going to be there. Poso is going to be there. Charlie Kirk, obviously, he's head of the organization. Go to Turning Point Day. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a great way to end 23 and to start the historic year of 2024. These have all been historic. What's the Chinese curse that you live in interesting times? Well, baby, you're living in interesting times, and they're only going to get more interesting and more turbulent, more turbulent. Maybe you should be looking for a hedge financially against that turbulence. Just tossing that out there. Think about it. Okay, short commercial break. I'm going to get some more Warpath coffee. Going to get jacked up for hour two. It'll be more intense than hour one here in the war room. Stick around. Back in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 